the Fantasy Six-Pack Hour with your hosts, Joe Bond. Ah, you're awful. <laughs> and A.J. Applegar. It's Shu Chu. It's a mouthful. All right, all right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, Mr. Co-host AJ Appagarth. What is up, man? Uh, the sky, clouds, um, other things in the sky. Of course, of course. <laughs> Birds and the Sixers <laughs> losing. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's not up. That would be down. <laughs> like the frown on my face. Oh man, for being a Philly fan. So yet again, got gotta ask you because I, I saw a lot of a lot of noise on Twitter and other Philly fans I know. How much hatred do you have toward Ben Simmons at this point? Because I feel like the hate is just like it's um, it's at another level. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I I don't uh, have a lot of like for him, so <laughs> he would not be on my little like <laughs> no, no, paper no. thing with the "Do you like like?" Oh, me you know the one, two, three, thing? four. Then pick a color, and yeah, yeah, because yeah. I don't, I don't. Um, okay, and that would be a very depressing unfolded piece of paper for him. Uh, but that's about all he's worth at this point is an unfolded piece of paper. Uh, I mean, like, for not, real, like, not what, even a balled up one because what are they, most what do people they do take with a balled up piece of paper point. and throw it in a trash can and actually make it um, more unlike times than he could make. Yeah, I was going to say, from. yeah, unlike Ben Simmons, yeah. Well, I mean, realistically, though, like, what do they do with this guy? I, I mean, there's not much you can do with him right now. You kind of have to give him another year, um, or at least into next year, try to get him right and bring value back to him because he has no value right now. No. Um, what, what was the thing I said earlier about a, a, a hot garbage in a dumpster fire in Antarctica or something? Um, that's mm. kind of, that's kind of his trade value uh, right now. And he's got a massive contract. Yeah. Um, that does not help things. He is way too coddled for his own good. Um, and that started with the process of Brett Brown and his nonsense. So I don't know. I mean, I, 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 nobody really wants to play with him. uh, It seems like, Um, so it'll be interesting, but uh, you know, they credit to Atlanta, man. Uh, Trey young Young is a monster. (laughs) I would much rather have him uh, on our squad than Ben Simmons. Um, but you know they they wanted it more, and Ben didn't really do much to help his cause. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, I've seen a lot of things go down where you're talking about he's being coddled and things like that he's only around like people like yes men basically. So it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Who knows how much of that is really true? But it's unfortunate if it is. I, I this guy, this guy needs to get better. It's a shooting coach or some some nonsense. It's oh like literally his family is all involved. So. Uh, all right. Well, we've got a great show tonight. Uh, we're going to be doing our AFC North preview. We've got a great guest. We'll get to her later. Uh, but let's do our beer of the week. Mm, beer. All right, AJ, what you got? 
Uh, I myself am drinking a fresh squeezed IPA uh, from Deschutes Brewery in Bend, Oregon. I feel like Bend, Oregon is kind of the home of craft beer. Um, so okay. this one, this one is one of my favorites. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. Well, I have another one in there, but um, whatever. This is that's all I got for this one. All right, so I'm going with a little theme this week. As you're seeing, I'm wearing a Reese's shirt tonight. Uh, just came back from vacation, Hershey Park in Hershey, PA. So I'm drinking a Trogues, which is in Hershey, PA. Uh, Perpetual Haze. Uh, it's a hazy IPA. So this is a, uh, a hazy take on their Perpetual IPA, which I, which I like a lot. Uh, I saw this in their store and was like, yeah, I'll bring it home. So uh, I haven't tried it yet. Let's see, let's see what I got. I'm going to go with a beer and a can for 500. I'm going to go with a hazy IPA in a can. Yeah, no. Um what no, is I, I like a hazy IPA in a can. <laughs> yes. Uh no, it's good. Uh, I actually think I prefer the perpetual just slightly, but um this is this is pretty good. Um I'd probably get about a 4 on untapped. I think I get perpetual like a 4 and a quarter. So it's just a tick under that. This is pretty solid, so good job on their part. <laughs> All right, um before we get started, just want to remind everybody: hit those like buttons, those subscribe buttons. Uh, you know, rate, rate us, give us those reviews on on wherever you're following and, and watching and listening to us. So we appreciate the support. And without further ado, let's bring on our guest, Sam Holt, uh, host of the Fantasy Debate Podcast and One on One with Sam. How's it going tonight? great i'm so excited to get to talk afc north with you guys i it's super <laughs> awesome to get to meet you obviously in the twitter sphere you kind of meet digitally but now yes. actually face to face yeah hang out with you guys i'm looking forward to it thank you for inviting me absolutely yeah. thanks for coming on yeah absolutely uh we know you are a uh, a huge steelers fan so uh as soon as i noticed that i was like yeah this year we're getting her on this show um <laughs> So I immediately reached out to you and uh, glad you could come and, and, and join us tonight and talk some AFC North. And um, let's just jump right into it. So we like to start off here each show of these with a just a general football question, not necessarily fantasy football, but just, you know, general general football. And, and this year for the AFC North is, you know, we all know the Steelers started off super hot last year, undefeated for what was it? 11 12 games something like that it was it was a lot (laughs) and everybody was like "Ooh, Uh, they're gonna get casey a run for their money and um yeah they sort of fizzled um it just went downhill pretty quick and um you know still won the division but let's honestly though do you see them repeating this year or do you see somebody like you know the browns who really took a big step forward last year taking the crown or the Ravens who we know is still going to be good this year, taking it. Um, I don't think anybody's really taken Cincy seriously as like a division winner, but you know, who knows weirder things have happened. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think what's, what I love about my division, it's also, you know, going to cause me a lot of restless nights. I'm very aware of it already, but there is a lot of good talent across this entire division. And I think that it's up for grabs for whoever's going to fight the hardest throughout the entire season obviously i would love it if my steelers went undefeated and we took the super bowl this year but (laughs) i'm also going to be very realistic in that there's going to be some times when we struggle and hey honestly i was hoping we would get a loss last year because we needed a break we were absolutely just kicking the tires and just running people into the ground trying to keep up with this undefeated record and you kind of have this hanging on your 
you know, just over you in football because it's such a difficult thing to do. I would have rather us lost a couple games and then have a bit more longevity over the season. So going into this season, I'm obviously excited about my Steelers. We've got our amazing receiving core. We just got, in my opinion, the best running back in the draft. Najee Harris cannot wait to see this guy play. Cannot wait to get our running game back to where we needed it to be. But also excited to see Joe Burrow healthy and see what he can do with the Bengals and this new offensive scheme because they only just got to scratch the surface of it last year. So I'm excited to see that develop. I'm not that looking forward to the Browns and seeing what they can do because they had a really good finish to the end of their season last year. But I feel like they'll be the Browns and be a slow start as they normally are. And then with the Ravens, I'm hoping that we can get a bit of a bounce back from Lamar Jackson. And I I don't know that he's going to be able to find another leading receiver to be that guy we've all wanted. But at the very least, we're going to get amazing rushing yards out of their entire running offense. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, this is, yeah, no, AJ, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, he hit everything on, on the head that I was thinking about there. Um, you know, Burrow has his boy and Jamar Chase coming up. Uh, that's going to be a very interesting uh, transition to see what they've done in college on an NFL field now. Um, and as a Burrow owner in Dynasty, I am very happy to see him hopefully healthy and playing at his peak again because he was uh, he was pretty scary last year for for a little while there as far as how how good he was playing. Um, part of that might have been a, a factor of the run game sucking, but that's cool. I like uh, I like quarterback fantasy points. So who doesn't? That's why we <laughs> yeah. want Joe Burrow in different dynasty leagues and super flex formats, getting him and having those um, that amazing floor of just airing out the ball. I hope that that continues. I don't know yeah. how high I am on Joe Mixon as a result of that this year. Yeah, I'm a. Uh, I've been out on Joe Mixon for a little bit. Unfortunately, I, I, I bought I bought in a couple of years ago, and it's just been injury plague season after injury plague season, and I'm just kind of like, you know what. You got to prove it to me again before I'm I'm buying in at the price tag. Still, it's cheaper than it's ever been, but it's still it's still up there around guys that I think I'd rather have. But yeah, no, everything you said here is spot on. Like the biggest thing that comes out that that uh that calls out to me with this division is it's very competitive, and you said that, and so like it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. My wife's a huge uh, uh, Ravens fan, and so like you know, and we've got Steelers friends, and we've got. Browns fans and things like that. So it's, it's a lot of trash talk. It's, it's a fun division to be in because they're all good. Um, so let's jump in here to, we go, uh, position by position. Uh, we start off with running through the ADP and then we kind of jump through, uh, some questions about, about the, about that position, you know, by team. Uh, this is, as you said, a very stacked division. So, some divisions we don't have as many questions. This one we've got a a couple extra compared to others. So, uh, you know, stay tuned, guys. It, it'll be a fun one. Um, so, starting with quarterbacks, we've got ADP of Lamar Jackson at QB four, Joe Burrow QB thirteen, Baker Mayfield eighteen, and Ben Roethlisberger at twenty two. Um, start right there off the top here. And we got Lamar Jackson. I mean, you mentioned it, you know, he had a little bit of a down 2020. Can we expect about a bit of a bounce back? I feel like he had a pretty decent, like last third of the season. He finally figured out like, yeah, I'm just going to run a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> and he did and it worked. And so for fantasy, it worked. Um, but can he keep that going in 2021? 
I think he can. I think that they were trying a couple different things last year, and there were a lot of missed connections. Like, if I had to categorize what happened to him, missed connections with his receivers is probably at the top of the list. And I think that yes. getting back to the running game, what he's amazing at, what we love him for, is that rushing floor, and I can see him getting back to that. They're a running team. It's kind of like the Ravens were trying to make their passing game more than it needed to be like you guys are good at running just just keep running we're we're good with that everyone's good with it you know stop <laughs> yeah. trying to make passing happen it's like in mean girls trying to make fetch happen that's kind of how i felt the ravens were <laughs> nice. in terms of their receivers and trying to make a single receiver happen it's like no no you don't need to mark andrews is, can be the guy it's okay keep him being the guy and just keep running the ball the rest of us are happy with it so i hopefully they get back to that this season it would be nice if they could actually fetch the ball and, you know, <laughs> Yay! Have, it, have it reeled in and get some yards and some Man. fantasy points. Not so much, though. All right. So, Joe, you got any anything to add for Lamar? No, I mean, I think, you know, he's just he's got to learn like he needs to tuck and run a lot more, you know, and the Ravens do, too. So I agree with you, Sam. Yeah. All right. So next uh, next quarterback here, we're going to those. Dirty dogs, Cleveland Browns, uh, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> you know, he, uh, Jesus. <laughs> sorry, I can't. I, no, I, it's okay. It's this is why I don't play poker because it's just my face. It's a cartoon face as well. So it's not like a subtle, like, oh, she might have a thought. It's like, oh, Sam hates that. Like, yes. I don't, I'm not subtle. That, this is terrible. That is, that is a two seven bluff right there so what happens uh, when we bring fans on of a certain team on the division to talk about it we're gonna get faces it's that's, awesome that's why that's i do it great that's why we like doing it yeah it's cool do your yeah. thing <laughs> uh yes we we don't judge on on the the expressions at all because we have our own for for yes. our teams as well so uh so baker mayfield um you know, he, he had a, a pretty strong second half last year, uh, and he ended up as QB 13 um, throughout that stretch. But, I mean, do do we think he's going to stay on that upward trend um, and, and kind of jump into the QB 1 territory, or is he less likely to be, you know, even close to borderline candidate and, and just be far off in – QB2 dumpster land. I don't see him being in dumpster land this season. And I this is me again. I'm trying to be unbiased. I'm trying to look at this from, with the fantasy goggles on for everyone else that's going to look to draft him and his offensive players. There's a lot of talent. And what we saw last year, obviously, you know, with Odell out, and I still don't think Odell's going to be a guy. He's not any, anywhere on my boards in any league that I'm going to take just because I want I want to be proven with him before I'm taking him. But on Mayfield specifically, he's got so much talent with his running backs that he can still pass to each of them. He's got an amazing group of receivers. If he doesn't continue what he started at the end of last year, that's completely on him. And that is going to tell a lot to the franchise and whether or not they need to keep him or look towards the future for a different quarterback. I think he's going to continue to excel. I think it's not going to be at a skyrocketing pace that you're going to see with someone like Joe Burrow. But I think it's going to be slow and steady and just going to be very consistent. So if anything, for a QB2 in a Superflex League, I like him at that value that you're going to get him at. And he's going to give you a high floor week to week. So I think that's going to be a positive. Now, opposite, I hope that he just completely crashes the personal <laughs> level. But for fantasy, I think he will be fine. <laughs> yes. 
for the first no. part of fantasy, just just that fan part, crash and burn. <laughs> yeah, no, I I liked Baker down the down the stretch last season. I actually picked him up in a couple leagues. Um, it, it is interesting the the OBJ and and Baker kind of dynamic there, and and the fact that he he kind of played better without him. Like, let's be honest. He really did. did. Like he didn't have to force OBJ the ball. And I think that makes a big difference. He was just able to go out and gunsling and do what, do his thing. Um, and it's weird to say, like, you almost don't, you almost wish OBJ wasn't on this team. Cause he is, he is a, he is a talented athlete. Um, whether or not that translates to a talented receiver at this point, I'm not really sure. I'm with you on that. Um, but, yeah, Baker's one of those guys that I think he's going to sit in that kind of streamer quarterback territory. He should, you know, a lot of a lot of people in a lot of leagues are picking up a second quarterback in drafts now to be able to stream week to week with whoever they got. Because unless you get one of those top four, you're not just plugging them in every week for, you know, for, for the most part. So, you do that, you know, so you don't have to go fight the waiver wire with everybody else. You get two guys that are decent, and you know Baker can be one of those guys. So I'm I'm right there with you on that. Um, so we're over to your team here. We're talking Big Ben. Um, you know he he was huge in the beginning of you know the beginning of last year. They were just slinging the ball all around. Obviously, things kind of nosedived down the end at the end here. I mean he and his ADP is 22. It's just kind of like, Oh boy. Like, what do we do with this guy at this point? Like, is he even worth buying at 22 or is he just kind of like, just let him sit there and maybe pick him up off the waiver wire. If he starts off hot. I think that it's the latter. I mean, to be honest, you know, with the rushing floor that you get from so many other quarterbacks in this league, it just pushes him further and further down the list. And he will have a good season of, up between 3,000, 4,000 yards. I'm hoping for a 4,000 yard season, but being realistic here, it's probably going to be around the 3,500, 3,600 yard Hmm. range um, at the low end. And at the high end, we can hit the fours. And I'm hoping that it goes into the fours just with the addition of Najee Harris, because he is that kind of back that you can use in the passing game and Mm -hmm. a lot of down and outs and just in a lot of different types of schemes. So I'm hoping that that helps nudge the numbers up, which we desperately need. But in terms of where you're drafting him, I think he is where he is, and time will tell until he moves up further. I'm not going to allow hype to push him up the board, and I think that just means that if you're waiting on quarterback in certain leagues, you're going to get value later because he's going to be very consistent week to week in those that floor of yards for you. And that's just because we have an amazing receiving core. And that's yes. not me being biased. We have an insane receiving core of yes. guys and I love the potential that they have to offer in that term. So and a, each each receiver is going to have, you know, just shy of a thousand yards receiving right. minimum minimum. He's a huge like best ball guy. I feel like he's going to have some monster weeks. Like if you, you know, if you didn't get a couple guys, you know, if you didn't get like a top notch guy and you want to play that like middle to late tier quarterback game in best ball, big Ben's a guy that I feel like you can go grab in, in best ball and you're going to do pretty well. I feel like he's going to have some monster weeks because his receiving cards, you said it's phenomenal. Yeah, one, one, uh, backup question here is, the the news today, as I got back from vacation, I'm opening up the news and going, "Oh, the Steelers cut their their guard David DeCastro, um, and they've just signed guard Trey Turner T R A I Turner. I'm guessing yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Um, 
I mean, how does this affect Big Ben, who we all know is like the most slow-footed quarterback, maybe tied for Tom Brady at this point? Uh, like, what his, we... his legs are made of lead. We can say yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> he stands so, there solid. I mean, he can play. He's with a big guy, so because he's not going to go anywhere. That's yeah. one thing I love. He's he's durable, but he's also you know that's sto- he's like Stonehenge, just standing there slinging balls, and but he's not going to run anywhere. Yeah. It sucks. I'm not going to say it doesn't suck. I love DeCastro and I'm just I'm I'm so I'm so upset because he's one of those players that he's he's a full team guy. He's a locker room guy. He's there to defend his players and there's so many plays you can look at up on YouTube of him getting into it with Perfect and other division rivals. He he is the guy that is going to stand and defend his quarterback and I love him for it. So it's going to hurt us, but also, you know, I have to be confident in what the team's doing. The moves they're making, signing uh, Turner is, is a good move. But, you know, offensive line is something that we need to have depth at. So I wish we had just paid him a little bit more and kept him. I don't even think it was like a – it sounded like it was a – like there was an ankle issue with him. Oh, and that was why, like, so it was like an injury – concern and they yeah, they basically him cut him he's fine later uh, yeah you know in like a week he's gonna get signed they're like oh yeah no he's good like, <laughs> he's gonna heal like if you're not gonna get him week one fine i'd rather have him the like if i don't get him till week six i'm still okay with that because he is just that veteran presence that you really yes. need on the field so i would rather have someone that okay yeah fine be injured and we'll just sign someone else from the practice squad up in the meantime we will make do because we're going to be getting this amazing veteran later when he's fully healthy i'd rather wait for that yeah Yeah. o-line's one of those things the steelers need so cutting a guy like him is is bad (laughs) the big point with that too is like you said he's a locker room presence last time i checked they still let injured guys in the locker room to talk to their teammates (laughs) at the very least (laughs) I, i mean Hello, just have him there for the sheer fact of of the presence and you know the the knowledge that he can bring uh, to this team. And it's it's still a young backfield in general. So you know, I, I think having a cut like this is not the best way to go for a younger running squad. Yeah, um, I'm even for a great running back squad. It's not offensive line is they make or break your team. Um, so definitely, uh, uh, interesting news to see. So interesting, heartbreaking. You know, yeah. I'll probably cry myself to sleep tonight, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, if Philly goes out and gets them, I think I'd be okay with it because I'm we good. need offensive line help. Like, He'll be signed I, before Monday. Like he'll, he'll, someone's going to pick him up. He is too fantastic to remain unsigned. Yeah. All right. So the last uh, last gunslinger we got here is Mr. Joe Burrow. We we already kind of touched on it a little bit with his injuries. So he had ACL and MCL surgery back in December. But what is your overall view of him for this season? Overall, I'm just ready to see what he's got in the tank. I mean, it's obviously it sucks when anyone gets injured, but when someone is this young and this determined and has so much to prove and he knows that he is the franchise, he is the franchise for the Bengals right now. And the Bengals have been needing someone like him for years. So in order for him to just shake it off and get into the season, I'm very excited for the potential that he's going to bring to the table. I think he could have a 4,000-yard season easy. Without even blinking, he could easily have it. 
they're going to be slinging the ball constantly because the defense isn't even there to help with clock management either. So it's going to be a lot of high scoring games. It's going to be a lot of airing out the ball and he's going to love Mm. to throw the ball to his bestie, Jamar Chase. And having that connection is going to be huge for him. He had great connection with Tyler Boyd last season as well. So he's got a lot of options. He's got a lot of options. So he's going to continue to air it out. I'm excited for this high volume that he's going to have. I just hope he can tuck the ball and slide without putting his head at risk. (laughs) Yeah, that would not be good to go from ACL, MCL to concussion protocol uh, because you cannot figure out how to handle a loaf of bread known as a football. He just has to learn to slide. As all these young quarterbacks have to do, they got to learn how to slide and protect the ball. If he can do that, he'll be just fine. And when he's running... Get out. Get out of bounds. You don't need to save the team every play no. and run inbounds. Just get out. Run and get out. Learn Even if from it's a RG3, one yard stop. gain, <laughs> it is a gain. Exactly. Yes. Even if it's a one yard loss, I would still take that over an injury. You getting 100%. killed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I'm excited to see Burrow. I really hope he's healthy. Um, it is tough to, you know, I I think it's tough to know what we can really expect from him, you know, health wise coming into the season until we see him like play a game. And so we'll know a lot more that first preseason game, you know, those first scrimmages and things like that. Like when we get those videos and really running around, that's a tough injury to come back from no matter how young you are. But uh, yeah, Burroughs determined. I think he's good. And if he is healthy, he's going to be, I don't know if it's quite a steal at QB 13, probably not, but uh, you know, I think people are buying him, you know, that hoping he's healthy. So that that's pretty much what it's coming down to. But let's jump into some running backs here. And there's a lot in this division as well. So start off here. Top of the ADP, we got Nick Chubb at RB8. Mixon at 12. And these are half PPR, by the way. Um we pull these from Fantasy Pros. They do their consensus ADP along uh, across multiple sites here. So mix it at 12. Rookie Najee Harris at 14. J.K. Dobbins at 16. We got Kareem Hunt at 23. Gus Edwards at 40. And then we'll stop with uh, Benny Snell at 61. After that, it's kind of uh, whatever. So, <laughs> so start here with the Ravens because they're, they're pretty interesting here. I know they got the... J.K. Dobbins is way up there at 16, right? You know, we got RB2 territory here, uh, you know, going third round in most drafts. He's a guy who everybody expects to be the guy in in his run-first offense, right? Gus Edwards, however, got a $5 million contract, and he was pretty good last year. I mean, you get $5 million as a backup. I mean, how much of a backup really are you? And so like, I kind of wonder, like, what are we really expecting here in this in this backfield this season? And are we overbuying Dobbins? I don't think we're overbuying Dobbins because don't forget, Mark Ingram's not there anymore. So if anything, it's just insurance of like, by the way, you are going to keep running the ball. This is not just a single guy's job. And that's what the Ravens have been. It's multi- it's a mix of running backs in mm-hmm. back there that are carrying the torch, as one would say. But with Ingram out, I think this is just them saying to him, to, to Gus Edwards, you know what? We obviously lost veteran presence. Mark Ingram, we're not forgetting about you. You're here. You're the next man up. And to me, that doesn't mean he's going to out-carry Dobbins by any means. I think that's just insurance of like, hey, we still appreciate you. 
here's here's you know a little bit just to keep you happy because we're not forgetting you we need you in this scheme and that to me is just as a reminder that he's someone you can get later that's probably going to be great in best ball depending on the game yes yeah, i agree with that he, he is definitely a target for best ball for me um in those later rounds especially if you're you know looking at a zero running back in in any draft really you know he's someone that you can grab late and plug in and you're going to get some sort of points especially without ingram there um i i think dobbins eh, i think there's a little bit of of high hype on him right now um it remains to see, you know, to be seen what he actually does with it. If he takes it and literally runs with it, or if it's just going to be a lot more of the same that we see. And this is a run first offense regardless. So there's, there's enough for it to go around, I think. And Absolutely. Plenty, es- plenty to be fed. Yeah. Especially if the receivers aren't necessarily going to continue to step up um, and, and help out. So Next uh, next question we got here, going back to Mr. Chubb and Kareem Hunt uh, in Cleveland. Um, I mean, d- does Kareem Hunt's role take Nick Chubb out of RB1 consideration for you? I don't think so. Just similar to the Ravens, obviously, the Browns do a lot with their running game consistently. And what's great about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt together is that when Nick Chubb needs that rest for a moment, they do have Kareem Hunt and he can just be a bit more of a decoy there and help open up the field for Kareem Hunt. So I I think that they definitely help each other. I think it's more symbiotic than one beating the other out. Now, if you're playing against someone and you have Kareem Hunt and then someone else you're playing against has Nick Chubb, you're just going to be vulturing touchdowns back and forth. So that's your own personal hell that you have to deal with. (laughs) However, I think overall, when you look at the full season, I don't think that Kareem Hunt eats enough into Nick Chubb's workload to take him out of consideration at that RB1 position. He's still going to finish top 10, maybe top 5, depending on how injuries go for the season. He's going to finish high. Yeah, I I definitely like Chubb's upside, um, even with Hunt there. And when Chubb missed time last year, he didn't really get that much more out of Hunt. Um, which surprised me yeah. and also hurt me in Scott Fish. Um, <laughs> it's just it's like, all about you, AJ. All right. I, I wasted. <laughs> the way you said that was like I could feel the personal anguish. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, it's there. It's but there. Why? It's, it's uh, there's no hiding it anymore. Um, it, it's just it's it haunts me. Um, but yeah, I, I still like Hunt's upside uh, as you know a secondary back and. He's going to be involved in the pass game. So is Chubb. So I think with OBJ back, maybe that hurts Chubb a little more. Um, but we'll, we'll Chubb's see. not a pass game guy. I'm not worried about that. But no, uh, I mean he no. he's not. But he he did well, you know, in the receiving game last year without OBJ. He did, yeah, he did, he did a little bit better. I will say that. Uh, I mean, the thing that I'm looking at with Chubb and that I I like is that. I mean, he he had about 20-something points less last year in total fantasy points compared to 2019. Uh, and that's standard. But, I mean, even in PPR, it wasn't much less because, obviously, he didn't catch a lot of passes. But 
and he missed four games. So yeah, um, that's yeah. He his offense. He had, he had twelve rushing touchdowns. Where the year before he had eight. In the year eight. I mean, it, eight you know, and his yards per carry was up. Everything was going positive for him in in that direction. So yeah, does he score? I mean. Does he score 12 again in 12 games? Maybe not. Probably not. That's tough to do. Um, you know, if he gets up to 10, you know, the yards per carry going up, that offense going in the, in the right direction. I think Chubb can easily be a top 10 guy overall in, in fantasy this year, even with Kareem Hunt there. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, AJ, you know, his when when Chubb was out, Hunt wasn't really as great as everybody thought he was going to be. Everybody was like, oh, RB1, hammer it down, hammer it down, hammer it down. And I, I was one of them, raised my hand, and I was dead wrong. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I think Hunt at this point is a complimentary piece to, to Chubb, a very, very good complimentary piece to Chubb. Yeah. Um, but that's what he is at this point. Absolutely. So, moving over here to the pittsburgh steelers and your rookie Najee harris um what (laughs) when they actually got him i was like perfect perfect fit i mean god that's all i wanted thank you somebody who knows how to draft (laughs) i know right um and somebody didn't jump ahead of the steelers to get him because that's that's the team he needed to go to in my opinion crossing my fingers the entire i was doing a live (laughs) uh i was doing a live show watching the draft picks come in and i I, the guys i was recording with i was like guys you're gonna have to talk for the next five minutes i just (laughs) can't right now i had to mute my mic i'm just sitting there just all kinds of emotions and then they made the pick and i was just like ah all kinds of excitement all just the emotions of like the running game is back i had ordered a pizza and like literally the guy delivering the pizza arrived like two minutes later and i was like we got Najee harris he's like okay Ooh, cool what? like yeah, i don't like, know who you are uh, 1275 <laughs> like, uh, okay, my name's steve yeah, you're, you're, like, you're like here's a 20 dollars tip i'm so happy yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I invited you on for our our draft show, and unfortunately, you had something to do. But uh, yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, you know, I would have loved to see that reaction, but but it's all good. Uh, so Najee Harris, like, what is his legit ceiling this year? Like, we've seen rookies, you know, Kareem Hunt, not Kareem Hunt. Um, sorry, C- uh, Ceh last year go like top eight once the starter got hurt. There is no other starter. Najee Harris is the guy this year. Why isn't he going in the top 10 like Clyde Edwards Hilaire was last year? Like, should his ceiling be that high? Or are we, you know, what, what are we thinking here with him? I'm thinking that what is hindering Najee Harris being the hype right now, right now, like this time of year versus last year with CEH, is well, last year we were all trapped at home and we had nothing better to do than begin <laughs> hype very, very early. Early and often, we were very excited about the hype. And I think this year, it's more, a little bit more hesitant to have that level of hype just because we can get outside and do other things. So for me, I think that Najee Harris will have the hype closer to the beginning of the season than he will right now. Because when people realize just how desperate we were in need of fulfilling this running role to have this true back and all the talent that this man possesses at our fingertips, I'm sure that as soon as August comes around, it's just going to be billboards for I, Najee Harris everywhere. Yeah. all over. I have seen him in early mocks like a couple months ago go like late second, early third. I have already heard just recently in the last week him go early second, 
So it's happening already. It's happening. It's, it's, <laughs> it's already. Slower. People want the new, the new, the new pretty shiny toy. Oh, it's... I want it. I want him so bad. <laughs> oh my gosh, I want him so bad. He's, he, he really. He is a monster. He's so good. Easily. He can easily hit a thousand rushing yards this season because he. It is his job, and that is very different than other backs coming into the league. I think when Ceh started, obviously we didn't know there were going to be holdouts the way there were in the running game in Kansas City. So that was also a little bit <laughs> and, and injuries as well. But this is his job, 110%. He is just that dynamic playmaker that they're going to be going to early and often and getting those rushing yards up. So he's going to have a floor of at least 1,000 yards this year rushing easy. And then I'm pretty sure that in the passing game, he's going to have, I would say, I I don't want to be hot takey and say like 1,000 yards too, but he can have easily 800 yards because they just have to keep slinging it everywhere. And if Deontay Johnson keeps dropping the ball, I would be happy to see (laughs) Najee Harris pick up those targets. (laughs) Yeah, receivers dropping passes. What was that all about? uh, I was going to wait until we got to the receivers to mention (laughs) their cases of the dropsies, but hey, the door's open, so yeah. Um, (laughs) I think... Give the ball it, to someone who's not going to drop it. But it, and and the other nice thing about it too, you already mentioned about Ben's durability and immobility at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is a big dude. He is hard to take down. Yes. So if he's sitting there with three or four guys, you know, gnawing at his legs trying to knock him over, what's he going to do? But just try to dump it off. He's not going to shoot it fifty yards down the field and maybe once or twice, but. Only to chase more times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, could he? Sure. Um, you know, he could throw damn football over them Rockies over there. But you know, he's gonna be able to have that little outlet pass with Harris, and I think that's something that is going to be very welcomed by him. Um, I, I like Harris a lot this year, and I, I'm not on the hype train yet because I'm trying to stay off of it to keep it low. Uh, like you said, I, I think with CEH too, everyone was just Andy Reid's the, the the running god of everything that is cheeseburgers in paradise. Let's let's make him the the guy now. And yeah. you know, I knew it because I called Joe out on it on the draft show uh, two years ago. Yes, I, I will Jeez. bring that back up again. Because how about I bring up you? Pretty much all I have again. That'll work. Cling we'll to just keep these doing days. That. So, <laughs> yes, my my lone victory over Cho at the at the <laughs> time was calling that pick uh, two years ago. Absolutely, it was. But yeah, I I think Harris is going to be a very much welcome, much needed addition for this team. Yes, absolutely, and just. You just have to look at how much they they still tried to make the running game happen with Connor. They tried. They kept trying different things, even with Snell trying different things to get it to happen. They desperately need the running game to work in order yeah. to make our clock management work, in order to open up our receivers mm-hmm. to give them the options. And so it's going to happen, and he's the guy to make it happen. So and I wouldn't be surprised if he starts going <laughs> early first round in a lot of leagues for very running back hungry teams probably not in super flex leagues because let's be let's be real real (laughs) quarterbacks are gonna go early and often so in a standard redraft league i would i would not be shocked to see him go that early yeah i agree i agree all All right right, so the last uh last running back here we have is uh anthony mcfarland no i'm just kidding um (laughs) Do we get a full season out of Joe Mixon 
for 2021? And if so, does his current ADP of what is it? Ridiculous 12. Okay. Yeah. Um, Not even ridiculous. Your expectations <laughs> should be lower. for him. I'm pretty <laughs> sure we already talked about the second follow-up part, but let's just hear it again for the, for yeah. the fun of the show way too high for me on Mixon. He's going to fall. He's someone that if you are going to be doing the zero RB format, you can probably get late and be okay with it. But I would still rather have Gus Edwards for that same exact reason going zero RB and just waiting on Mixon. He's going to end up falling. If you see Najee Harris climbing ADP in your league and he's just jumping up, Mixon's going to be falling. And that's because I don't see him finishing this year a full 16 games, 17 games. I still, I don't, I don't see it. It's just, Joe's going to be slinging the ball too much and Mixon is going to be falling behind. Like I'm just, I've never been big on Mixon anyways. And then the couple weeks that I've missed the boat and he had a good, decent week, I've been okay missing that boat. I'm okay. Not taking that ride. I just don't have that confidence in him to be the guy this year. I just, he's not going to finish it. That sounds so mean. I feel like no, I, I, I was nothing mean about the truth. You know, fellow Joe here. I feel, I feel bad hating on some Joe. Yeah, uh, and wearing an orange shirt. Yeah, whatever. You're just all over. You're more, more Clevelandy Browns colors than than Cincy. Whatever, man. Reese's. I like, I like some chocolate and some peanut butter. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, (laughs) No, I, I got sucked into Joe Mixon. That second half of 2018, when he just went off, it was like, oh, oh, okay, here, here's the guy that we all thought was coming out of college. Is he, this is the real deal. Yeah, that didn't quite come back. Any, that didn't even come close. 2019 was all in on him, uh, and then 2020 was sort of like, oh, okay, 2020, 2019 was sort of was sort of bad, but. You know he had to, yeah. You know, he had, he was dealing some with some injuries, and that offense in the first half was just wasn't good, or you know whatever it was. Like it was just bad all around for him. So I kind of was like buying the bounce back, and then the injury happened again, and you're like, Ugh. yeah, I'm done. Like yeah. I just and need to see of- it. I just need to see it happen again for real. Like I don't. I hate being one of those people, but you, you've just got to prove it to me every once in a while. Like again, you know. I've been wrong before, but, you know, we see guys who are injury prone, you know, get injured a couple years in a row, and then they finally have their one, you know, they have their, uh, you know, their uninjured season finally, and then they just make it happen. Like Michael Brantley in baseball is a perfect example. Like I was off of him forever. He seemed like every year for the first like five years, five years of his career, he was injured. And then boom, he's finally like pretty, he's fairly healthy for the rest of his career and he's not like a top 20 player but he's you know he's really good if joe mixon can can just be really good i feel like that's gonna be you know better than what he is right now just be better at just be average just stay healthy and be be really good and we're good with that we will take that I think what also doesn't work in his favor is the fact that obviously the Bengals are still rebuilding on a lot of different fronts. Yes, they have some good receivers and Joe Burrow has a lot of potential, but the defense still has a lot of work to do. I don't think they're going to have the time to let Mixon get fully into the mix. I'll go ahead and do that. Um, I just don't think they're going to have the time to allow him to see what he can do to work in his offense. I think they're going to want to have Burrow throwing a lot 
to everyone. Maybe Mixon gets a little bit into the passing game, but I just don't see that in in his rep in his yeah, I just it's not gonna happen. And yeah, I mean he's been he's been involved in the passing game, but uh last year uh, I mean, even last year, he was pretty involved in like six games. He had 26 targets. That's not terrible. Um, so he will be involved. But now that they brought in Chase, you, know, you can see it go down because last year they were dealing yeah. with AJ Green still. So, Absolutely. yeah, we're going to see that decline. Yeah, this is this is turning into a heavy passing offense. Dealing with the ghost of AJ Green because, uh, you know, he, he didn't play. Uh, so he was just a figurehead on the Mount Suckmore of – since he receivers. Um, wow. But uh, Mixon, the last thing I'll say about Mixon too is going into 19, you know, you're looking at, okay, things happen. Here comes 2020. Let's have this bounce back. He's got a rookie quarterback who's got a lot to prove, but he's going to be that, you know, safety valve for him. And he just wasn't, he, he wasn't there. And, and it's, it's a shame because I, I think he's got some talent, I just think he's in a bad position to really get to to display it as much as as he potentially could. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'm pretty much off of Mixon at this point too. So he can be somebody else's headache. But hmm. let's jump into these dropsy receivers here, starting out with number receiver 22, Deontay Johnson. We got T. Higgins at 26. Uh, OBJ at 27, Jamar Chase at 28, Chase Claypool at 31, Juju at 32, Tyler Boyd 37, Jarvis Landry at 40, Hollywood Brown at 45, and then we take a big jump down to rookie Rashad Bateman at 63, and none other than Mr. Dependable Sammy Watkins. <laughs> Uh, and by dependable, I Don't mean me you, you can depend on him being injured um, after a three touchdown game uh, in week one. Wide receiver seventy nine because <laughs> he will probably finish with seventy nine yards. <laughs> All right, uh, you Go know, let's it, just Joe. jump right into this with the Steelers receivers, and you mentioned it. What a what a crazy twenty twenty it was with these receivers. You know, they were we had a couple weeks where they were all like. Why was there ones? It was like, what in the hell? Like, that's never happened. <laughs> they were insane. I'm here for all, it. I'm okay with it. All three yeah. of these guys are insanely talented. Loved it. Um, but as we mentioned, Big Ben's not quite the Big Ben in the past. So they're held back a little bit by him. They're also held back by drops. They had the most drops in the NFL last year by quite a bit. Um, you know what is your level of trust with these receivers in in 2021? Um, you know, especially given their ADPs, like they're still not like crazy high. They're all wide receiver two, three range. Yeah. Well, for me, I like to look at these stats and then I just go across the board. Okay. Well, you're not mad about the fact that each of them has over a hundred targets. They all have the yeah. opportunity, and that's something that I don't see changing. So hopefully, efficiency. Hopefully. Hopefully, efficiency gets better going into this season. I personally think that Juju is going to have a resurgence. He does really well at the wide receiver two slot. Having that wide receiver one pressure is not for him. And that's fine. It's not for everyone. He does really well as a secondary. And he tied Claypool last year with touchdowns at nine. And Deontay could have had more if he hadn't dropped the ball, but he only had seven. I just feel like 
based on dependability and the fact that you've got Najee Harris in there, who's going to be taking a lot of targets as well, taking a lot of those touchdowns, I could see Johnson kind of taking a bit of a dip here. And big red zone target that Claypool is remaining what he is and having those big, big catches for those amazing touchdowns in the red zone. And Juju being very consistent and having a high number of targets and receptions per game. So I feel like you're going to have a really good floor with each of them. Yes. But who I'd rather have each week. I know that I've got Chase Claypool in a dynasty league of mine, and I'm going to hold on to him until someone pries him from my cold dead hands. I'm going to hold on to that guy tight. And if I can grab Juju late in certain drafts that I'm doing, I'm going to do that because I feel like he's going to have a very sustainable floor throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I... I like the idea that of these three receivers there, Juju's the one who's got the lowest ADP. Granted, it's by one off of off of Claypool, but <laughs> yeah. people saw what Claypool did last year. I feel like his hype is is has already gone up and he's gonna be I don't want to say overdrafted, but I could see him finishing out higher than thirty one for sure. Um, Deontay is kind of the same way. I mean, he, if he can get over the drops issues, you know, people are still going to just put that aside. You know, that that's something he can work on and, and get better at. And he's still productive. I mean, all these guys are, so I, I like, I like the take. I, I think I still would trust Juju the most, uh, out of these three guys. Yeah. The hardest thing with all three of these guys in a redraft league, right, is just like who's going to be the guy each week? And maybe there could be two each week, but it's still like if you get the one, like it's just tough. Like this is why they've all fallen to wide receiver two, three range. And because I think most people want to put them in like the wide receiver three or like even a utility, like a flex spot. Sorry, I'm in baseball mode still a little bit. Um, <laughs> flex I in a, game on Tuesday. I like so. to put him at the DH spot. <laughs> yeah, right. So, <laughs> see what he can uh, do it in a utility. But I think most people want to put him in like a flex spot at this point because they don't. It they're inconsistent a little bit, right? To the point where they're gonna have these like boom weeks, and then they have these like total dud weeks and so that that's what gets me with these guys um and then obviously you know Deontay with the with the drops it's just brutal so hopefully he can he can bounce back from that um and 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 not not have that happen again this year yeah it's it's very reminiscent of you know the the personal hell that you were talking about with the running back game in Cleveland if you're playing somebody with Deontay and you have Chase you're like don't throw the ball to Deontay. Oh, oh I mean, please. Oh, please. Even, even be my week. Him, be my he, might drop it. he might drop it. It's cool. Just and then you throw know, Claypool might pick it up. You never know. Well, yeah, exactly. Oh, what's that? It bounced so, off something of I noticed about Cla- shoe, okay? Something I noticed about Claypool here, which was very interested, he has a very bad contested catch rate. Um, I'm looking at Fantasy. So we have a, we're, we partner with Fantasy Data. Um, he only caught five of 26 contested balls. That's not good. That's not good at all. Now he's a huge deep threat. Um, so I think that's where obviously, yeah, but like, that's not good. Like, so (laughs) hopefully they don't, they don't go down that well anymore because that's just not good. But, uh, I mean, he had as many contested balls as Juju did and Juju caught three times as many. 
And that's why Juju is an unsung hero who's going to, yeah. you know, I like him as a receiver. A he's good. He's going to have a better year. I, I was on another podcast and I hate this game, but, you know, they made me play, you know, F Mary <laughs> kill with my oh, three geez. receivers. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And uh, I, I would, I married Juju in this format, and I'm sorry, Deontay, but I because he's because <laughs> he's reliable. Yeah, and, and yeah, you're gonna marry somebody. You gotta marry somebody, somebody reliable. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, I don't know if you follow Juju on Instagram, but his dog is really cute. <laughs> I do not. But yeah, he has a really cute dog named Bougie. He's. A I mean, this dog. is a bonus. There you go. All right, over here to the Ravens, and uh, you know they got the rookie Bateman. Uh, they had Marquise Brown. I mean, come on. This passing offense isn't – we're talking about the the Steelers, right, where it's volume heavy. Yeah. Going over the Ravens where it is definitely not. You're just uh, shifting I mean, looking at targets. And you're like, where did they all go? What happened yeah, to this? Yeah, I mean, like, it doesn't matter who Sammy leaves. Sammy Watkins getting more the, involved. The the biggest thing on fantasy Twitter we see is, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you know, vacated targets. We don't have. It doesn't matter who vacates <laughs> targets in Baltimore. We don't know if there's targets coming back. Yeah, shut up, AJ. Um, if anything, sorry. I hope All that right. Mark Andrews has a resurgence and is a target leader this season. I think that they're going to get back to what they're best at, and that's the running game, and that's what we're going to see a lot of. So the ball is going to continue to be spread around through the receivers, but not in a consistent enough way to a single guy that's going to make him beat. The receivers we just talked about on the Steelers, and that's not no. I mean, Steelers, and just volume. The yeah. ADPs aren't aren't showing even close to that. I mean, the ADPs are forty five for Brown, 63, 63 for Bateman. I mean, like at at those price points, are you just like throwing a dart at him, going, oh, who knows? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, they're dart throws of anything. Bateman is a dart throw at the end of a draft for me. Just to see if, especially best ball. Hey, maybe he's the guy that week. Cool, like yeah. that's awesome. Oh, be- best ball. I'm all in on on not all in, sure. but yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm a lot higher on them in best ball because they will have those touchdown, two touchdown weeks. Right, mm-hmm. that's gonna happen. In redraft, I just can't do it. It's just not. It's just not a pass heavy offense. Unless you have a very insane league where you've just it's redraft, but you for some reason have twenty bench spots and you you can afford to right. have one of those be taken up by someone like them, I just I'm out. I can't. Yeah, I... yeah, but even in that spot, you're like, wow, I have so many bench players and only so many starters, and you're never going to plug them in. And no, if you do, it's going to be the player. wrong pick. And then the following week, they're going to blow up for that best ball team of yours and be on the bench on the other team. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Marquise Brown only had 99 targets last year, and they tried to pass the ball more last year. Think about that, people. They, yeah, they nah, tried. They I'm out. I'm out. And they brought in a better, not maybe a better receiver, but they brought in another receiver better than their second best receiver from last year. So, no. I'm out. <laughs> not yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> All right. So speaking of rookies, let's get back to Cincy here with Jamar Chase. Uh, I mean, with him being a rookie, but being besties with Joe Burrow. Besties. It's all about the bestie game. Exactly. Exactly. Who is the rostered receiver that you want to have? 
Who would I rather have? I, I want to have Jamar Chase. I think Kyler Boyd is a smart pick. I don't see him disappearing by any means. Again, this is going to be an offense that they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. So at the end of the season, if you're looking at Tyler Boyd and you're looking at Jamar Chase and their numbers look close, I wouldn't be shocked. I feel like I would like to have either. If I can get either of them in any league, I will do that because volume alone means they're going to have a good floor for me. But in terms of those red zone targets, I feel like Jamar Chase is going to be there to be the show. So I'm excited to see that connection. Yeah, yeah definitely I mean, we, looking forward. We saw some rookie receivers last year do things that we've never seen rookie receivers do in a long time. I mean, everyone, that, but especially Rager. that many of them. <laughs> Who? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> everyone <laughs> but Ray. Sorry, AJ. Blame Carson once. Slow clap Maybe. for uh, Howie Roseman. Um, <laughs> it's uh. <sighs> I don't hate that pick, man. I really don't. I, I, I told you that. I still don't hate the pick. I think the offensive scheme last year and coaching was just terrible. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, uh, we'll give him a second chance this year. We'll talk about that in the, uh, NFC East preview, but we'll see. But as far as this goes, I think Jamar Chase could be something special, even with a, a fairly crowded receiving core there. Um, you know, we, we, we saw, uh, we saw what, what, uh, Burrow did. With um, I'll totally blank on his name right now. Um, Dig Higgins last year as a rookie, and you know again just does very very good things all around. I think Chase is much better than Higgins in my opinion. So um, yeah, if anything, I see Higgins having a drop off, and that really sucks for dynasty owners that have Higgins or hoping for a big high powered year this year and hoping they would go O line. Uh, with that pick, but I think it also is a testament to what the Bengals are trying to do in fully rebuilding. They are allowing Burrow to call the shots, and that's clearly what happened. He clearly picked up the phone and said, "You're getting my guy, right?" And they're like, well, "Yeah, we have so many other needs." And he's just, like, "No, no, we're getting, we're getting my guy." <laughs> yeah, okay, you didn't hear me. <laughs> Did you? I mean, misconnection. Like, yeah. at, at some point, though, like, could this turn into almost like Steelers 2.0, where it's like, you know, but. Sorry to say, Sam, it's maybe a better quarterback at this point in their careers. So, like, it could be better. How dare you? Because I, I, really <laughs> like I get it. I get it. Um, and you know, because we don't like the be... running back of the, the the Bengals at least, but we like no. the running back of the Steelers. So it could be going the opposite way. So maybe all three of these receivers could even do better than maybe what the Steelers could do. No. Uh, okay. Hard pass. Just kidding. But what I will say is no. that that just is a testament to how competitive and intense this division is. You are splitting hairs when we're going to look at that. When we look at 2021 season and we look back, it's going to be like, damn, there's a lot of power there. Mm-hmm. And when you're comparing other divisions that are a little bit easier to call, who's going to obviously finish number one? it kind of levels the playing field to me. It's like, I get excited to have that kind of level of competition. You don't want to just easily win every year. It's going it, it, to, to me, it's more fun to be competitive. You mean you don't want to be the Patriots for 12 years, just smashing their division. Of course they won. No, tons because of championships. then you don't appreciate <laughs> those wins for what they were. And now you just like, well, I'm just so used to winning. No, you gotta have the hunger. You gotta have the drive to actually like yeah. fight for these wins. And I think that that just speaks to a lot to this division. It is going to be fighting tooth and nail. It's going to be a high volume for the Bengals. I'm excited for the receiving core. They're going to have a really good year. It's going to be fun to watch. I still think oh, yeah. it's going to be a very fun team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. 
All right. Last one we have here, Mr. Super expensive uh, <laughs> Swatch Watch himself, OBJ. Can swatch he watch. ever return? It wasn't a Swatch. I don't know what it was, but it, <laughs> I know you're talking I'm about. Just, I'm just being my usual comedic self. Uh, can he ever return to his wide receiver one ways? If he doesn't this year, I don't see him ever returning to it unless he goes to a different team that is in desperate need of a receiver. If there is a team out there that ends up just in a really messed up state in terms of injuries and they are looking for a receiver, I would not be surprised if the Browns shipped him for the right deal because last year kind of proved they didn't need him and they did better without him if anything he's going to be a decoy for a lot of defenses and that's just going to help Jarvis Landry it's just going to help the rest of the offense that will do just fine without him I mean I don't think the Browns need him to make their weapons work they still have Austin Hooper for crying out loud who's a fantastic tight end and if given the opportunity and the targets he can be very successful so I think that they would get everyone else involved and keep Beckham as a decoy and then maybe use him as trade bait in the season for a team that's hurting at the receiver position. But if they are going to go that route, I feel like they still, there's, there's two things that I can see happening there. A, they're going to have to use him as a decoy enough to get everybody else. That's potentially better than him involved. (laughs) And, still find a way to keep him happy and then has any team keep his value though no no i don't think he can keep himself happy that's the problem you know he's going to a bad team that is like randomly a decent quarterback is chucking the ball like that's it i would say detroit but um no i mean now they have jared goff so that's not gonna help no, I don't no. think that's going to help. But no. I think a team Jared like Goff is a where's, scheme guy, where's the so beard again? Uh, Washington, yeah, send him to Washington. How about I would how love about the Niners who have you? been years past <laughs> in injury need um, for receivers yeah. for different players? I could see a team like that picking up Odell midseason for the right offer, and I think that he would find success for those couple weeks before someone comes back from injury. That'd be interesting. Yeah, the thing I look at yeah. with OBJ is like, I mean, he had this three monster first years, and of course, everybody was like, oh man, this is like the next greatest receiver ever. Mm-hmm. Then he had that obviously bad injury, came back, was decent, then moved to Cleveland, and it was, everybody was like, oh, okay, he's going to come back, he's going to be good. No, not even close. Then last year he got injured. Well, but was really bad last year outside of like one game where he threw for a pass, ran for a pass, and caught a pass for a touchdown. Like, what? Yeah. What kind of <laughs> outside of that game, it was like nothing. So Yeah. Yeah, have to happen to make him be the guy. It sounds like a lot of right things have to fall to make him be the guy for you week to uh, yeah. week, let alone a single week. It's it's just a weird dynamic with him. I, I've been off of him for years. Um, it's just, yeah. He like I've talked about like prove it players. You know, with with like Mixon, OBJ is a prove it player for me. Unfortunately, it, it feels like that way with a lot of people. 
with OBJ, and, and, and he falls in drafts so far where I'm like, guys, it's like the ninth round. Fine, click. And I've done it in mocks, and I'm like, I hate myself for it. But it's the ninth <laughs> round. <laughs> He's better than that, I think. Yes, absolutely. No, I, I get that. I, I, yeah. I'm not really I understand, and you're looking at other players, and you're like, trying to fill all the different needs you have and so i get it when he falls to you there and you're like oh well he's Fine. not gonna be here next Fine. round so no well he shouldn't be yeah <laughs> who knows and he is and you're like oh come on i feel like everybody in those <laughs> mocks because i because i mock with tons of fans six pack people mm-hmm. and they all know i hate him so i think it's like a game no, <laughs> sometimes a game. They're, they're all yeah. tweeting each Usually. other afterwards they're like haha let's see how long it takes for we, joe to take we it we have <laughs> our own slack channel <laughs> of course you guys do <laughs> it's oh like, yeah <laughs> kevin how, and how jonathan just how far can we push me left down this time like they, they intentionally reach for people around him and then you're like wait a minute they must know something oh, yeah. i don't about these other players oh my god i can't not take obj yeah. now Damn, why is this hype? Kevin Huo and Jonathan Chan are the worst in mocks and drafts around me. They've been in draft they've been in they've been with me for like seven years, so they know everybody I like, everybody I hate. So when I do mocks, they always like to pick right next to me and I always mm-hmm. like try to move out. Yeah. <laughs> they just cor- they, they just corner me and they <laughs> snake me left and right, and I hate them for it. It's a, it's a fun it's a game. mock draft. I but come on, <laughs> and you know, personal. You can't not <laughs> Yeah, I know it's a mock. Don't mock with friends. It's like don't move in with your best friend in college. Don't mock with your friends either. That's why there's sites like. Oh my gosh! With eight, let's call up. Let's call up Rotoware right now and get that trademarked. Don't mock with friends. That's a good one. I like it. I buy friends. Don't let friends mock with each other. All right, let's move on here. Finish up here with some tight ends, and um, it's a short, short segment here. But uh, rather than tight ends here, Mike Andrews at uh, tight end five. Then it drops off. Obviously, Hooper nineteen, Ebron at twenty three, the Joku thirty nine, and then uh, just because we got to get a Brown in there, it's uh, Brian at forty three. Oh no, sorry, Hooper was uh, Brown. Sorry, <laughs> I forgot. He well, he yeah. Anyway, uh, so. Speaking of that, AJ, first question. So, since we have Bryant and uh, and the forgotten Hooper, um, I yeah. mean, who's the target for your tight end here in in Cleveland? I mean, is either of these guys obviously Hooper's worth something? But Bryant showed some flashes as well. Um, I mean, what I are your mean... thoughts? If this is one of those drafts where you're just drafting to, until you don't have a waiver wire and you're just filling up bench spots, sure. Scott Fishbowl. Scott Fishbowl. <laughs> yeah. We're all about to do this. Draft. Yes. We yes. all know that these. We're all about to get. get we're all about to die by the sword of Scott Fishbowl. Absolutely. And so, in those leagues alone, are they worth rostering? To me, in a dynasty league, I'd rather take a reach on prep. Pat Fryermuth with the Steelers because at least I know based on his skill set he's going to get a couple red zone looks but also be used just in quick bubble screens in different ways to just get the ball out of Ben's hands quickly and he's a big guy I think that he could absolutely do that I'm not high on Eric Ebron by any means this year but in leagues where it's tight end premium and you're filling up your bench spots it's fine but of course, I'd rather have Hooper of any of those Browns tight ends. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree. I mean, Hooper was great in Atlanta when he finally got the chance, got the targets, got the volume, and then they shipped him off and you kind of expected, okay, well, let's see what he can do here. He had one hell of a hype train driving him to Cleveland. Um, and especially when OBJ went down, I mean, the, the, the results were, were there. I, I don't know if they were as great as everybody was hoping for. Um, kind of reminds me of another Atlanta tight end in, I just don't even want to mention his name right now because it's just, it's just depressing. Um, but yeah, I mean, and Joku's never really panned out into anything there. Bryant, I do like in, in dynasty. Um, but that's kind of it. Uh, he, he has had a couple of flashes, but not enough to really stand not enough out. To get you excited enough that you're yeah. writing his name down prior to any draft. Exactly. <laughs> nah, I'm I'm out on all of these of, of all of these guys. Honestly, um, I think you know. I'm Hooper's... hoping for better things from Andrews this year. To be honest, just because they obviously couldn't make their other receivers work, so I could see Andrews having a resurgence and getting back to what he was 2019. Yeah, Andrews but... is a is a guy that I think could be good, and, and obviously, like he's a huge target, especially in the red zone. He gets those seam routes right down the middle where they you know, they, they think he's gonna you know they they. They think Lamar is going to run, and then, you know, they they spread, you know, especially with uh, uh, Brown, Brown and uh, and and uh, yeah, Richard Bateman this year. Like they could spread it wide with those two guys. He's going to go right down the middle, and Andrew's going to get uncovered. Yeah, and so I think we're going to see a lot of that. So that's going to be great for him. You know, the Cleveland guys. I, I yeah, no thanks. Like it's just. Too many cooks in the kitchen. What I meant to say was actually there's no uh, Cincy guys on, on, uh, on you know, on on this list right now. But uh, yeah, as far as Freemuth goes, like you mentioned him earlier, do um, I, are we forgetting about Ebron or are we rightfully forgetting about Ebron with, with Freemuth there? I feel like we're in the right spot with it. We're not forgetting about him. He's there, Scott Fishbowl. You're going to draft him, obviously, but. In other leagues, you're not. It's. There, I think there's a better floor with other tight ends and other schemes. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, I'd rather have part of the Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith mixed <laughs> combo there. I just feel like there's gonna be more volume for those guys because who are they gonna throw to in that offense? You know, That's like true. I feel like there's far more. It's very true. There's more points to be had elsewhere. Yeah, no, that, that's very true. Yeah, that New England uh, passing offense is not very good. Even with Cam throwing the ball, like the tight ends are the are the show there. Like that's pretty much all. And we talked about that last week with with uh, Howard Bender. So, yeah, that was a uh, spot on there. So, I mean, does Cam throw the ball, or does he just wait till they get to the five and then run it in? Both. Yeah, correct. Oh there you go. <laughs> that is correct. Real quick. Yeah. Um, I mean, Drew Sample, he could be a thing. Um, sure. They don't have enough receivers in Cincy, I feel like. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> oh, wait. Never, Never mind. mind. Yeah. They've got plenty of other things to do. 
uh, with their receivers than look to make one of their tight ends a thing. Yeah, Correct. they need it. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's definitely not a focal point of that offense. But uh, all right, Sam, that is it for the show. But uh, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Great conversation. And uh, before we let you go, I want to let, uh, give you a chance to let everybody know what you got going on and uh, have at it. Absolutely. Thanks, guys, again so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I love any opportunity to talk about the AFC North, but it was also great to just to get to know you guys and get to hang out. And Likewise. Absolutely. Love it. Um, guys can follow me on Twitter at Samantha R. Holt. You can check out my podcast, The Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate, and one-on-one with Sam. Go ahead and give that a search on YouTube. And I've got some big news coming next week. All I can do is hype it up. <laughs> There's big, big news coming for me Breaking next week. News, yes. I cannot wait to tell everyone, <laughs> but I can't tell you yet. I can't tell you yet. But next week, I finally get to tell everyone the news awesome. that I've been sitting on for two months. So I'm excited. Sweet. Awesome. Well, early congrats to whatever the news is. And, yes. uh, Sure, it'll be awesome. And thank you again for coming on. Great time. And uh, hopefully we can do it again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. All right. Have a good night. You too. All right, AJ. Um, So just to close out the uh, the Hershey trip, I also bought Nimble Giant. We've had this together, by the way. I realized this. We had this together. As we do the fantasy football planning shows back in 2017 wow yeah. that's when we did yes Ooh. man i saw it because I, I looked it up i didn't realize i had this it's been so long yeah. i looked it up on the menu i was like oh i haven't had that before click and then i was like oh i have <laughs> never mind <laughs> a long time ago I so yeah nothing with you at frisco's our, yeah. our local so Very uh, good. It's a good one, man. It's a four and a half for this. Is a good one, really, yeah. really good. So I appreciate this one big time. Say I had that not too long ago. It's hard to get them down here. They said, but uh, you know they do kegs and things like that for for, for restaurants. Uh, I guess you can get cans every now and then, but uh, this one, this perpetual haze, they don't mm-hmm. they don't distribute this one at all. So I almost I bought a, I, I almost bought it. a ten dollar sixteen ounce four pack of perpetual. IPA, which would destroy prices around here, and I was like, ten dollar four pack. Yes, yeah. Why? Why didn't you do that? The only reason is because I saw this one instead. I never had it. Hey, what's up, Marcus? (laughs) Um, Finishing up, drinking some beer. That's what we're doing. (laughs) That's um. But anyway, that's that's what I wanted to finish up with. Had a great trip, even though the kids drove me nuts every now and then, but uh. It's a good time. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So, yeah, Hershey's a Hershey's a good time. Uh, it's been a while since I've been up that way. I haven't been since I was like six years old, and I bought this when I was six years old. So I had to do it again. Why and not? It still fits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was good. All right, man. Let's close it out. I will. I'm a Hershey Oh, I don't know the song. My my wife knows the song. It's funny. She was just playing it for no, my I kids. was singing the uh, Toys R Us kids oh, song. The barely there is like an actual Hershey commercial again, that she was. Playing oh, there. For. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a there's yeah, totally I, a Hershey, I don't know Hershey song. PA it. kid, oh. but whatever. All right, man. Let's close it out. I don't know what the hell it is. Anyway, let's close it out. Cheers, fellas. Cheers, hey, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be Zombie back next dust. week. See y'all.